Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. The 172nd edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. From the Basketball Podcast Network, this is the Four Corners Podcast. We win! 20 seconds left to play. Goes back to Michael Jordan. Jumper from out on the left. Good! Fred Brown looking. Oh, wait a worthy! Worthy five! The Star Heels are going to win the national championship! Weber front court. Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. Technical They're out foul. of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. They're out of timeout. And the party is ready to begin on Franklin Street. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. Pump fake for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national gaggum champions. Love guarded by Keels, gets a screen, pulls up for three. Got it! Caleb from straight away! Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony, back with you guys today. We're going to get you ready for Carolina's ACC opener as they travel to Blacksburg and they'll take on the Virginia Tech Hokies on Sunday afternoon at 3 o'clock. We're going to break down this week's opponent. We'll get you up to date on everything you need to know about Carolina, then give our keys to the game and more. But we start every edition of the pod, as we always do, with our pod thought of the day, which is brought to you by DraftKings. And we go to other known Carolina legend. He is still the head coach of the women's soccer program, Anson Dorrance. And Anson Dorrance said, quote, Can you drive yourself with self-discipline when others are not there? No one is going to be constantly pushing you, insisting that you get fit or hone your skills. When it truly counts, you're on your own. Your margin of success is based on your inner drive. And, you know, you look at this Carolina team right now, and I think about if this season does get going the right direction, it's got to be yes as a team effort first. But it's going to take some self-discipline. It's going to take these guys getting in the gym and working on their game even after they play well or even after they struggle well. It's making extra time to get in the weight room around classes, around your around your schedule, and really just recommitting yourself to being the best basketball team that you can be. Armando Baycott said after the Indiana loss, it's back to square one for this team. And – as dangerous as that might sound for a team that was preseason ranked number one, the ACC uh, preseason pick to, to win the conference, our pick to win a national championship along with many others that, that follow college basketball on a day-to-day basis, it's also not the worst mindset to take because a lot of the things that they're doing right now, as we talked about when, Indy, when re- re- recapping Indiana, was a, it was an execution thing. It wasn't an effort thing. That was last year. This year, they're just not executing their offense. 
get back to the basics, get back to the fundamentals. And I think if this team does that, if they have that self-discipline to, to, to do what the, what's being asked of and then exceed what's being asked of them, this team is going to get things turned around and we'll start winning games the way we want to. The problem is, is that the competition doesn't get any easier because they've got a challenge on Sunday afternoon when they go to Blacksburg, they go to Castle Coliseum, and they see a very good, experienced Virginia Tech team. Uh, Mike Young's squad comes in with a 7-1 and record. Their lone loss, a common opponent for Carolina, was to the College of Charleston, a team, of course, Carolina beat earlier in the season. Virginia Tech, though, they do have four guys that are averaging double-figure scoring, led by Sean Padulia, who's averaging 17.1 points, 3.4 uh, rebounds, 4.0 assists. He's shooting 51% from the field and 37% from three. Then they've got Grant Brazil, who's averaging 14.1 points, 5.4 rebounds. He's shooting 54% from the field, 43% from three. Justin Mutz, one of the best forwards, not just in the ACC, but in all of college basketball, 12.6 points, 9.0 rebounds, 3.9 assists. He's shooting 58% from the field. Then they got Darius Maddox, who's averaging 9.4 or 10.4 points, 3.4 rebounds. He's shooting 44%. And then Hunter Couture is a guy who's not averaging double figures, but he's right there at 9.8. They got five guys that that they're scoring roughly around double figures or more, and a, and a thing that has also translated very well for Mike Young since he left Wofford for Virginia Tech. This team defends at a really high level without fouling, and that's evident by opponents right now are only averaging making five point four rebounds, which is third few or five point four free throws, which is third fewest in the country while only attempting 8.9, which is fourth fewest in the country. And this was a you know a game last year where Carolina had to go into Blacksburg and win to keep their NCAA tournament's hopes alive at the time. Those same type of stakes aren't on the line in this game, but this game does feel very important for Carolina in terms of getting this, this season turned around because if you lose, that's four straight losses. That's, I mean, that's, that's, then it's maybe that panic meter gets turned up a notch. If you win, you're six and three, you'll probably be remained inside the top 25 rankings because you lost on the road to a top 25 opponent. You already have notched a ACC victory, and we know how important those things will be come tournament time. But more importantly, you've got a week off where you've got a whole week. Yes, you're filled with exams, but. You're basically going to go to class and then you're going to practice. You don't have to play next week. You can get rested up. You can, you can get you know Armando Baycott can get healthy, and then you can really get back into the into the gym, work on those fundamentals, and try to become a better basketball team. But make no mistake, if if Carolina shows up with the same lackadaisical attitude they did on Wednesday night, they'll probably get that same result, and we don't want that again. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's that simple. Um, and I, I, you're right. Taking the mindset that you took towards last year's game there is is a lot because yeah, that was pretty much a game that we said at the time for sure that they had to win because we didn't know what was going to happen at the end of the regular season with Duke. We didn't know what would happen in the ACC tournament. So at the time, that game was massive. This one, I mean, look, it's it, 
it's going to be a pretty important one because, yeah, you do not want to lose four straight. And, and look, you'd have a chance to reset, no doubt about it, but I think for the overall confidence of this team, getting a win in this game would just be huge. And I think there's a road to do it. I think that Virginia Tech, look, they are a, a good team. You have to go on the road to a place that uh, always seems to be packed and, and, and hyped up whenever you go into that building. So it, it, it's going to be a challenge. But I think the good news is is that of the four teams that Carolina will have played here in this recent stretch, I think this is probably the easiest of the matchups. I mean, Iowa State, I mean, them and Iowa State are really close. So I think this is a game that Carolina, talent-wise, should be able to find a way to win. The question is, though, is you got a guy in Mike Young who's an extremely good coach. They're a team that's 7-1 and one so far this season. Their only loss was to a College of Charleston team that's playing really well. But, I, I, I mean, if you're Carolina, this is the, your mindset coming into this game needs to be we we should we should overpower this team and let's let's prove that that was a little that that was a small slide but that it's not time to panic just yet no it's not um and, and it, even if carolina loses this game even though it'll be four straight losses you know the panic meter it it, it definitely gets cranked up and it's still not time to panic cuz i think the thing about this team right now is that they're they're aware of what's what's wrong I thought last year at times when they were getting blown out of games, they didn't seem very aware of what was going on and how important it is to to, to win basketball games here because that's what you're that's what you're here to do. There are some there are some other programs where winning isn't everything. Here, it, it's it's the only thing that does matter. You came back. Y'all said in four different videos that y'all released, you came back to win a national championship. That's why Josh Graham said. You could believe that it was national title or bust because they're the ones that said it, not us. And, and so, you know, they 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 they're aware that they've got to start playing better and they got to start playing better faster. They enter with a just a five and three record, um, having lost three straight games. They do have four players that are averaging double figures scoring, still led by Caleb Love's nineteen point one points per game, four point six rebounds, three point one assists. He's shooting 41% from uh, from the field, just 25% from three. Armando Baycott is shooting six or is, is scoring 16.1 points, 11.1 rebounds, 55% from the field. R.J. Davis, 15.1 points, 5.1 rebounds, three assists, just 39% from the field, 29% from three. And then Pete Nance, 12.3 points, 5.9 rebounds. He's shooting 50% 50% from the field but just 36% from three. There's been a lot of talk about Carolina's offense or lack thereof this week, Um, Mm -hmm. both where we work at. My show, we had Brendan Marks on. Um, Our afternoon drive show had Matt Doherty, former guest on this show and former coach at Carolina. He was in to talk about Carolina's offense. And he said, and I think he brought up a point that's that's really, uh, really apparent. As much as we want to play inside out, and as much as I think we're built to play inside out, 
the reason why you can't is because you don't know what you're getting from Armando Baycott. And Hubert Davis said that in his postgame after the Indiana game. Yep. Was that Indiana has a guy in Trace Jackson Davis that right now we don't have. They know whenever they get the ball into Trace Jackson Davis's hand, he's either going to score, he's going to draw a foul, he's going to draw a double team and make the right play. It's very rare that whenever he gets the ball on the block, something good doesn't happen for him. That's why Indiana is able to run their offense as well as as they have so far this season. Same thing with Drew Timmy at Gonzaga. Even same thing for Oscar Shibwe with Kentucky. Right now, Carolina doesn't have that. Despite Baycott averaging 16 points and shooting 55% from the field. And, And I think that's something that and I'm not not wanting to be critical of him because he's he's playing through injuries. He's not 100%, and he's still giving as much effort as anybody on this team. But I think if that can start to change like it did at the end of last year, then the game will start to change because the guards, the guards know when they get the ball into him, not every time something positive is going to happen. Like, they're aware of that, which is why they're more reluctant to hold on to it play one-on-one basketball, and we end up settling four bad shots. This isn't going to happen overnight for Armando Baycott, but if he can start becoming more consistent at making the right plays, and sometimes that right play is a pass out of a double team to a wide-open shooter or finishing at the rim or drawing a foul, if, if, if that starts to become a more consistent aspect of Carolina's initial offensive attack in the half court, I do think we'll see better dividends on that end of the court. Yeah, and and look, I think in terms of this game, the big question is, will he be healthy enough in this game to be that guy? Probably not. That's that's asking a lot for a guy that was clearly injured coming into the other night's game and then picked up a shoulder injury during the game. So I think for him, more than anybody on this roster, that week off is going to be huge. You just want to see him do something, you know, be able to contribute as as much as he possibly can on the offensive end in this game against Virginia Tech. But in an overall aspect, yeah, and I think the biggest thing for him, the numbers kind of show you what his biggest issue has been. You said it, shooting 55% from the field, not too bad. He's got 16 points per game, okay. His biggest issue is that last year there was a point in the season where they would be able to get him the ball and he would be able to do some things off the dribble. He would be able to put the ball on the floor and take two steps and knock down a shot and 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 get to the rim. That's that's not happening right now. Every time that he gets that ball in the lane, he is turning it over it seems like. They they have to figure out why that is happening, it's a large part because people are doubling him. And I think, look, you say pass out of those double teams. Yeah, but the one of the biggest things that we've seen with this offense so far this year and the reason why he probably has struggled to be able to do that at times is because guys are not moving without the basketball. You have to be moving and, and, and be open in order for him to get you the ball. So I think that they've... They've got to find a way to make things a little bit easier overall offensively. 
but especially on him. One of the best things that I thought they did in the game against James Madison where he went off was so just the passes were tremendous that led him into his shooting motion. You don't you haven't seen that since. Every every time they give him the ball, it is in a post up situation. Like it, it just that that pretty much seems what they are to be what they are doing at this point. And I think you just have to get a little more creative. And th- you know the other thing for him is hopefully you know and and this is in part because he is hurt, but hopefully he can eventually take that step forward that you need him to when it comes to him being a guy that can finish those second-chance opportunities or finish through contact at the rim. Because that's been one of the things that's been frustrating with him at times over the you know, the first three years of his career. And now it's popping up again early on this year. It, it, once he gets healthy, I, I think that's something that you have to look out for. But in this game, I, I think you're just trying to see, can he give you enough on that end, especially because it looks like he'll probably be matched up with Justin Mutz for a good majority of this game. You know, can he can he stay with him on the defensive end of the floor, uh, you know, with, with how banged up he is? Yeah, and I think that's something that, you know, he's going to try to battle through, um, and you're just going to have to – he's going he's gonna to have to work through it. I think a lot of it, though, is – um, you know, Carolina's got to start running the floor better. He's got to start getting down the floor better. That way he's getting early positioning and stuff like that because I just feel like too many times that defense is already set by the time he gets down to the court. Well, then it's harder to to get in there and, and, and get the position that you want and get the ball where you want it. And, and another thing that, that's been mentioned, of course, is the guard play. And I think the thing that is the most frustrating – is there is no answer for it. It's either going to improve or it's not because this is who they are. This is the way that they play. They are volume shooters. They're going to take a lot of shots, and either they're going to make a lot of them or they're going to miss a lot of them. Right now, um, they're missing more than we want them to miss. I think the frustration, though, is their shot selection. And that's an area where Caleb Love just hasn't displayed the maturity he even wanted to display coming into the season, let alone what we needed him to uh, upon coming into the year. I feel like for R.J. Davis, the ball is going to start dropping because he's getting quality looks at the basket. And and and, and that's, that's, that's just the fact. So there aren't many shots where he's taking that are bad shots. I get frustrated with that mid-range jump shot because analytic nerds tell me that's a bad shot. And in the analytical world, it is. So are you now an analytic nerd? No, I'm not. I'm, oh, okay, just checking. But for him, that's 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 a shot for him that he 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 has the capability of making at an efficient enough rate to make it a a a a, a shot worth worth taking. And so um, I, I know that's probably not the answer that guys want to hear is that there's really no answer to it. This is who they are. This is how they're going to play. But that's that's just that 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 that's that's just where we are right now. Um, I, I do think the averages will tick up because they're too good of shooters for them not to improve. Um, for Caleb Love, if he takes better shots, I do feel like he'll you'll see his numbers become a lot more efficient. But if you think they're going to quit shooting the ball. Well, I want you to go ahead and be prepared to get mad because they're not going to quit shooting the ball 
and nor should they because you don't come out of a shooting slump by shooting the ball altogether. So um, I would prefer that they do not sh- one of the play one of them doesn't shoot it thirty six times in a game. That might be a little bit better, especially if you're struggling shooting from the field. I think one of the biggest things that will lead to more success is one ball movement. Carolina's not moving the basketball well. We talked about that when we recapped the game against Indiana. It's just not happening. Their assist ratio is it is it the is is it the worst in the entire country? There, yeah, in terms of assist on made basket percentage, it's the worst in college basketball. I mean, that's that's unbelievable to think that you are that low. And it's a pro look rebound. We've always said rebounding is a staple of Toriel basketball. Well, so is so is good ball movement especially from your guards, mainly your point guard. And both of these guys, look, they are this – is, this is what people have to get used to. You will never see a traditional point guard real, probably ever again, not just in Carolina basketball. Most guys nowadays in modern basketball, the combo guard is the biggest thing. They want you to be able to play both, both positions. So it's not a traditional point guard, but – my thing, the the one thing that I want to see more of, it, it, it ties in with the ball movement. There are so many of these shots where it is just you having to create space and knock down a shot. You have to move the basketball, and you have to, you have to find a way to get the ball to guys where they can catch and shoot. We have not seen that really at all this season, and that's a big issue. You want that that was what Carolina did so well late last year. Whether it was even Caleb Love. It was very rare that Caleb Love, you know, outside of the moments late in games where he would have to take over or if he was on, you know, he was feeling himself, he would come across half court and really go into an iso set. It was rare that you saw him having to create separation to knock down a shot every single time. This year that that's what you have to do. What made that team so successful last year, and I thought, I mean, you you want a game where where you could see it, go back and watch that game against Duke. Carolina, the amount of times that they could pass to a guy and he could catch and shoot, mainly Brady Manick, R.J. Davis, that was what made that team so successful. You need to get back to doing that more often. Create those catch-and-shoot opportunities, even if it's these two guys passing to each other. You have to set the other guy up. That's what's going to allow it to be a better look at the basket. Instead of having to try to create separation and then taking a fadeaway jump shot, taking a contested shot that gets blocked, turning the ball over, that's the thing. Those are the things that I want to see from these guys moving forward. Well, I mean, for that to happen, it's not just them moving without the ball. I think that's the thing is everyone's mad at Caleb Love and R.J. Davis. They're not the ones that are just standing around. Yeah. They're the ones that are dribbling the ball to where they put a hole in the floor because Leaky Black isn't moving. Pete Nance looks lost when he's on that end of the court. And Armando Baycott is just battling to get some sort of inside positioning. And and so the the biggest thing to, to really kind of help it is is for Carolina to live in the open court. To, to push the ball up the backside of a defense, whether they made a shot or or, or not. Um, and I feel like if they just get back to doing the little things, maybe they need to reinstall the secondary break. That was something that Hubert Davis took out last season, and it was successful. We haven't seen it so much this year. 
bring that back, make that a focal point of the offense again, maybe Carolina will get some better offensive results on that end of the court. So with that, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to get you this week's ad from DraftKings. Then when we come back, we'll give our keys to the game and pick the game on the Four Corners podcast back after this message from DraftKings Sportsbook. The NBA season is heating up, and there are still so many games coming up. Like if you're a local fan of the Charlotte Hornets, the 76ers are in town. The Minnesota Timberwolves are in town. Or if you're a Knicks fan like me, there's a lot of games coming up as we get ready or as we continue to make our way through the NBA season where you can make plenty bets on the association. When I'm looking to get in on the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money lines on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out, guys. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, and more. The more the more you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win. Whether you're betting on just a straight-up win, or how many you know threes Steph Curry is going to have, or how many rebound rebounds Joel Embiid is going to have, you can place all those bets and parlays at DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TBPN. Place a five-dollar pregame money line bet on any on on any NBA team to win their game and get a one hundred and fifty dollars in free bets if they do. That's promo code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. Really hope you guys are taking great advantage of the offers I've been giving you on the Four Corners podcast. Same for Anthony over there on the Heel Tough blog podcast. And the very first key I have written down for this game is is for Carolina to finish possessions defensively. It's something that Huber Davis talked about after the loss to, to Indiana. Uh, and it's really been a problem for this defense all season long is that Carolina plays really good initial defense the first 15, 20, 25 seconds. And then when the shot goes up, they're either not – finishing it with a box out or they're not contesting the shot and they're they're allowing good shooters to to have clean looks at at the basket and and, and this really comes down to a effort thing there isn't really much of a technique here this is really much more about how hard carolina is wanting is is willing to play mm-hmm. uh, when they've when they've competed defensively you, we've seen that they can be a really good defensive team. When they haven't, you allowed a guy um, from Iowa State to grill you for 30 points. You you allowed. Oh, I see what you did there. You had some other guys go out there and 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 score the point and and, and score the ball at rates that they're not comfortable of of scoring the basketball. And so, I think this is something where it's one through five, where Carolina has to recommit itself to that in the court and finish and finish possessions. Um, Leaky Black has still been the best on-ball perimeter defender I've seen in college basketball so far this season. That hasn't changed. But that was the same truth last year, and Carolina's mess at this point, or Carolina's defense at this point in the year, was a mess. It wasn't until they all five kind of came together that Carolina's defense became one of the better ones 
in all of all in in, in all of college basketball. This is something where I think Pete Nance has to really improve dramatically, because he's a really good on he's a really good defender one through one through four. He can get switched on to those guys and hold his own, but he never he doesn't he doesn't finish his possessions. They'll let them take a shot, then he'll let Trace Jackson Davis move him out of the way for a rebound. I don't want to hear great effort by the offensive guy. I want to hear strong box out, good defensive play by my guy. And, and I feel like if Carolina can get back to that where they're treating every possession like it's life or death. I think it'll do some things defensively that'll actually help and translate for this team offensively. And, I mean, look, they're more than capable of doing that because they did it in the overtime periods against Alabama. I, I mean, I thought that was the best defense we've really seen them play all year. And, and I get it. You can't bring that intensity to every single play, but – I mean, just you want to see that, especially late in games. You want to see that effort there for Carolina. I got to tell you, the the thing the other night in the game against Indiana is it was really hard to be overly angry at what they allowed Indiana to do at times because, I mean, 17 of their points came about as easy as it was going to get off of turnovers. I, I mean, you you had those pick six turnovers that 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 Hubert Davis referenced that set the tone for them offensively. But the biggest thing that they have to do is you're right; they play really well until they're you know inside of five seconds on that shot clock, and then you, you you're right, especially with the defensive rebounding, where there are just times. I mean, there was one the other night where. Both the, the, the a loose ball on, on a rebound, Armando goes up for it. Pete Nance comes in from behind. It it neither one of them gets it because Pete Nance gets a hand on the ball from behind when Armando clearly had it, and it bounces right to an Indiana player for for a finish. Like it's those are the types of things that Carolina just has to be better at. The ones that are there for the taking you should be able to get no problem. And then, yes, you want to see them be a little more physical on the inside late in possessions because that's been one of their biggest issues. They get The, the teams will get the ball into the post, and a- after you've done such a great job of stopping the ball up top, putting pressure on the guards, they get the ball inside, and you allow an easy basket. Or, you know, even sometimes with the guards – They've done a good. They've done a tremendous job for 25 seconds, but then they get that that they they try you know one more break to the basket, and he walks right on by him for an easy lay-in. That that Carolina just has to find a way to be able to hold their water really for a majority of the time and make plays when they need to. The other thing that would help with this, by the way, is to create turnovers. They haven't done that so far this year. When you're having to play late into every shot clock, every possession that a team brings it down the floor, that's what's really hurting you. I mean, Carolina right now, when teams are turning the ball over, it is the team is making a mistake and the ball is rolling out of bounds. It's an offensive foul, stuff like that. Carolina is not creating any live ball turnovers, and that's what's hurting them the most at at, at this point, I think, on the defensive end. There's some things that they can do. Stopping the ball, you know, from from up top is is huge. I, I think that's one thing 
uh, that we've talked about on and off here for the last two years. But I think right now the biggest, the, the thing that would help this team out the most is if they were able to create turnovers and get out on the fast break. And right now that that's just it's not happening. And in order for this team to take that step defensively, I think you have to start seeing that. The second key I have for Carolina is they got to attack the rim. They're going to be discouraged by the fact that this this Virginia Tech team plays defense without fouling, as as well as any team that Carolina's going to see the rest of the season. But Carolina's got to start living in the paint. They got outscored 50 to 20, 24 the other night. So they didn't even they didn't even just get outscored. They got doubled up in 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 that department. And I I feel like you know if Hubert Davis shows them the film and I and I, I trust that he does, the film will show that when Carolina's defense gets broken down, it's whenever they don't contain the ball, they get into the second third level of the defense and everything collapses. So now guys are getting open looks on the perimeter. You're giving handoffs for dunks for your big men. And I feel like if Carolina can just get back to that, as as well as this team shot the ball from the three-point line at times last season, it wasn't just a direct reflection of them making tough, you know, contested perimeter shots. And they were getting open looks because they were driving, they were driving, the defense was collapsing, you're making the right play, you're, you're reading the defense, and you're kicking it out to a wide-open shooter. And... and you know, first off, if you can get a guy like Justin Mutz into foul trouble, that's going to help. If you can go to the foul line and and score with the clock stopped, that's going to help. But if if you attack the lane, just logic tells you that you're going to generate and, and and get better offense, and then I think you'll start seeing the execution rise rise up, and then you'll see the confidence come back, and you'll see the offensive potential this team has. They've played really good offense this year. They played it in the second half against the College of Charleston. They played it for 40 minutes against James Madison. And they played it really well against Portland. And what what was the common theme in those games? They were living in the painted area. You don't have to score the paint. You don't, you don't, you don't have to score in the paint, but it's just paint touches what it means for your offense. If, if Carolina can get to the front of the rim, I do feel like you'll see an offensive per- performance that would suggest this team winning the game. I mean, you also, like, you want to see your guards get downhill. Remember last year when this team was struggling offensively? The, one of the things that we kept imploring them to do was get the guards to the rim. And when that started happening, you saw Carolina's offensive success come along with it. That's what they need to do starting with this game. And you're right. You you don't always have to finish at the rim. But here's the thing. Right now, look at the amount of fouls that you're drawing. This will be a nice test because Virginia Tech's a team that has done a great job of defending the rim without fouling. But as of right now, nobody has proved that they can avoid getting into foul trouble against you. Pretty much every team that you have played has gotten into some sort of foul trouble when you drive the lane, when you get the ball inside to Armando, so that needs to be a focus for this team. And it's it really is as simple as those are higher percentage looks. Make it easier on yourself because the shots from the outside right now are not falling. 
Guys are not moving well without the basketball. You're right. It's stagnant from everybody that's on the floor, you know, outside of really the two guards that are having to do pretty much everything by themselves. So get to the basket, make things a little bit easier on you. And the other thing that it'll do is, look, we ta- I talked about getting some of those catch-and-look shots. I, I-, I think you- the easiest solution to getting some of those shots is when you have guys that can drive the lane, that can draw that double team, and you can kick it out for the catch-and-shoot. So I- I- it's... That's Carolina has to make that a focus on the offensive end of the floor. Because I, I've thought, you know, they did it again the other night. When they were at their best, it was when they were getting downhill. It, it's it really is that simple. And I just to me, I don't see how they don't realize that themselves. I, I, I especially RJ Davis, because that's a guy that I thought from the minute that he got on campus, that was his strength. It reminded us so much of Joel Berry, and that was when Joel Berry was at his best, man. When he was driving that basket, it it allowed him to get some high-percentage looks inside, and really it boosted his confidence just overall and allowed him to settle into his zone as a shooter. I think it could do the same thing for RJ. I think it could probably do the same thing for Caleb as well because I think that, that was part of the reason they were able to do it a year ago. So why not start it in this game against a Virginia Tech team that, look, I mean, they're, a, they're, they're a, a good team, but they don't have the size inside that some of these other teams have had. So this is a chance to drive the, to drive the ball at them and, you know, hopefully guys, you know, on the offensive glass can crash and get these second-chance opportunities even if you aren't able to finish. That has to be a focus. The last key to the game is the rebounding aspect of of this game because of how of how important it is for Carolina. Um, Carolina's been out rebounding now in half of their games so far this season. Four out of the eight, they have lost the rebounding margin. Now they're trending towards to being the rebounding team that they're we're used to them being. They're now over forty rebounds per game, but. When, when, when they've won this, they, that means they've controlled the tempo, that means they've controlled the pace, and they've been usually been able to to win the games and do so in a rather convincing fashion. When they haven't won the rebounding battle, they've either A, gotten beat, C, Alabama, C, Indiana, or they've played in games that should have that were tough that were a lot closer and tougher than what they should have been. Um, go see, I think it was UNC Wilmington was in the season opener, and then who'd they play in the second game? Maybe it was Gardner-West. College of Charleston. Yeah, yeah, they, 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 they out-rebounded the College of Charleston, I'm pretty sure. But it was... No, first two, it was it's Gardner-Webb, James Madison. No, they won the rebounding margin against James Madison. Oh, you're saying who they lost who the they rebounding lost? margin to? Yeah. yeah, first two games of the year they lost... And Alabama and Alabama, and Alabama. Indiana. Yeah. And, Indiana. Yep. And, and so you see those first two games, you saw a reason why Carolina didn't blow out UNC Wilmington. You saw a, a game where Carolina struggled with the College of Charleston. When they rebound the ball, they it, it just allows them to control the game. And I think the biggest thing for this is defensive rebounding because Virginia Tech isn't a big team. Um, they But, but they, they do compete on the glass because they don't have the size Carolina has. So they have to send all their guys to the backboard, but 
when Carolina doesn't allow teams to get second looks at the rim, it's it's gone really well for them. They did a good job at that. They're at, the other that's a big reason why they were in the game. Had Carolina not defensively rebounded the way they did, they did against Indiana, they would have gotten blown out. Um, but they did, and that's that's why they were in the game late before they just couldn't quit turning the ball over. And, and so, you know, usually this is this is on there for a different reason because. The team's a really good rebounding team, but right now for Carolina with the offense the way that it's it that that it, that, that it's in, they need rhythm, they 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 need tempo, they need pace. The best way to do that is to have the ball in your hands, and the only way to do that without giving up made shots is to rebound. So Carolina's got to come out with a mentality that they are going to dominate in that aspect of the game. I feel like if they win the rebounding margin. Like it, like in some in some of the other games this year, that lends well to them having a chance to win the game. Well, because it'll allow them to get out and run, which I think they need to do more of, no doubt about it. Because again, you talk about getting easy baskets for a team that's not in rhythm offensively. Getting out and running helps you to do that. We've seen it multiple times for Carolina in the past. So. I think, yeah, the, 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 especially defensive rebounding is huge. Limit those second-chance opportunities. That kind of coincides with what we talked about on the defensive end of the floor of Carolina not being able uh, you know, to, to handle playing late into the shot clock. And, and again, it's, it's, it's got to be a team effort. You've got to see everybody step up in that department. Pete Nance, you need to see him be more physical. You need Leaky Black to be a guy that can continue to produce around seven rebounds a game or more than that. Um, and then you need your guards to rebound as well. You want to see this team get back to being the dominant force that they have been in the past. And that's, that's the most frustrating part with this team is that you, you lost one guy. And I get it. Brady Manick was, toward, towards the end, you had started to see him really round into form as a really solid rebounder, really really the second rebounding option on this team. But right now, you just, you, you Pete Nance, I mean, the drop-off, if you look at the numbers, really isn't that significant. But I think it's just the positioning that he's failing to get that's allowing teams to have those, those chances. And I, I've said one of the big areas that they have to do this when they start that second half, because we've seen it multiple times where Carolina looks really good on the glass in the first half, and then in that typically in that first four minutes plus until they get to that under-16 timeout, you will see teams start to sort of collect some of those offensive rebounds or at least make things ugly where they're, where they're able to tap the ball up in the air and create, create loose ball situations. Those are the things you want to see Carolina come out and dominate from the beginning, control it throughout. And look, this is a team they should be able to do it against. Justin Mutz has 9.1 rebounds. They have one other player that is over five rebounds per game currently. This is a team that's not rebounding the ball well at all themselves. So Carolina needs to come out and, and – and show that, look, we, we are still a team that is capable of out-rebounding the, the, the teams that we are supposed to out-rebound. Indiana, extremely physical team. Makes sense why they got out-rebounded. Alabama, that was the number one rebounding team in the country coming into that game. Makes a little bit of sense why they got out-rebounded in that one. I don't expect this team to be as dominant as they have been 
in the past when Roy Williams was there. Or at this point, I don't even know if I expect them to be what they were last year on the glass. But in a game like this against a team that is going to play a lot smaller than you, look, that's going to help them to sort of extend you know, the, the floor. It's, they're going to have five guys on the floor at all times that can shoot the basketball, but you need to make them pay on the glass if they are going to want to play smaller than you. Carolina enters with just a 43.7% chance to win the game, according to ESPN's Basketball Power Index. And uh, I'm not gonna lie, I'm I'm really, I'm really torn on 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 this one because first off, Virginia Tech's really good. Castle Coliseum is going to be hopping for a big time ACC game um, early in December. I think Carolina wins because I don't think this team is capable of of losing four straight games. There's just too much here. There's too much talent. There's not too much depth. We don't have enough of that. But Carolina's got too many good things about them to to lose four in a row. And I, I think they can look at the schedule and see the importance of this game where you get a win, you then get basically a week off, to, to really regroup, reset some things, and try to become a better basketball team before you play another ACC game right before, you know, you, your, your, your holiday season comes up and you play some big-time matchups with some other premier Power 5 opponents. So um, I think this game will probably be a lot like some of the games where Carolina has won so far this year where it's closer than it probably should have been. But, but I, I do think Carolina does get back on track, and they do win – on Sunday afternoon to, to snap the losing streak. So we were talking early in the show about last year's matchup with Virginia Tech. I think this year's matchup could be very similar to that one. I don't think it's going to be the best game that you've seen from Carolina, especially on the offensive end of the floor. With that, I'm, I'm going to have to see it to believe it before I can really feel confident that they are going to come out and be the team that we think they're capable of being offensively, so I could see it being ugly like it was last year. But I think you're I think you're right. Last year, look, this was a team that could still stretch the floor a year ago. And remember, one of the biggest issues that we had a year ago, especially at that time, was that teams were picking on Brady Manick. Well, we've said, look, Pete Nance is a good, he's a good on-ball defender. This is the type of game where he can thrive in because Virginia Tech's going to want to play small. So on the defensive end of the floor, he should be able to have some pretty good success. That's why I think I, I think Carolina will have a really I, I I see them having a really good game defensively in this one. Just stop the ball up top. Don't let them drive to the lane as easy as you did out in Portland and as you did at times the other night against Indiana. And I, I think if Carolina can do that and they can rebound the way that they should be able to in this game against a team that is going to play much smaller than them, then I think Carolina will be able to get the job done. I want to the, – the other thing, if you're not going to be able to get yourself in a rhythm offensively, at the least don't turn the ball over. I think Carolina learned their lesson the other night against Indiana. I think they're going to be a little bit smarter with the basketball. You won't see a team – I, I mean, I think Indiana, the way they played the other night defensively, that may be the best defensive effort that you see against you the entire season. So 
I, I think Carolina's going to come ready for this one. You're right. I think the fact that this team could possibly lose four straight will be a big motivating factor for them, and I think Carolina gets out of there with the win as well, albeit a little ugly. No matter what happens on Sunday afternoon, we'll be here getting you ready for and covering the game on HeelToughBlog.com where it's a it's a busy weekend for Tar Heel Athletics with Carolina opening up ACC play against Virginia Tech. I'll be getting you ready with the preview of the matchup. Of course, I'll have you covered with a recap uh, on Sunday afternoon as well. As for Tar Heel football, they're in Charlotte this weekend, the ACC championship game on Saturday night. Anthony will have you covered with a preview of the game. Then we'll be here for the postgame of that coverage as well. And also Sunday, Carolina learns their bowl fate. So we'll have you covered with what, where, wherever Carolina will be sending their bowl season. As for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us, every major podcasting platform. Simply search the Four Corners podcast uh, where you can find us. We encourage you guys to rate and review the pod. But most importantly, we want you guys to hit that subscribe button. Um, as, as, as you can tell when you go to our show feed, we're here previewing and recapping every game individually, taking you in-depth on what's going on with Carolina basketball. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the basketball season. But with that, is going to wrap up this edition of the show. want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. Guys, it just doesn't get any sweeter than that.